what's going on everybody, it's your man Sorrel Bell back with a brand new episode of State of Mind. Today on the show I have someone who's super interesting to me. Um, I've been seeing this brand around for a while now and caught a lot of interest to it. Been seeing people loving it, seeing people show love. And um, I finally got the guy here with me. He is the founder, the creative director, the visionary of Martin Aristotle. Yeah. Make sure I say it right, Martin Aristotle. Yeah, my man Timmy, what's going on? Not much, man. Good to be here with you. Pleasure to be here with you, man. Um, it, it feels really good to have you here. Thanks, man. You Appreciate know what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure I say it. Martin Aristotle. Yes, sir. First and foremost, where'd you come up with that name? Honestly, the way I came up with that name was through a Kanye West name generator. Really? Yes. Okay. And I got inspired by that by... Donald Glover and Childish Gambino because the way he from came up his with, name generator yeah, name from okay. his Wu Tang name generator right right so I searched up my Wu Tang name and I was like all right that doesn't sound as cool as my Kanye name generator so yeah. I started rolling with Martin Aristotle for a bit okay yeah nice now before you use the name for the brand was it for anything else no it was always for my clothing yeah yeah okay, okay. honestly I used to use it as I would say it would, it would be my alter ego. Mm. Like, so I would roll around like, oh, Martin Aristotle. Yeah. Just another extension of myself, pretty much. I feel it, I feel yeah. it, I feel it. Okay. And, and so let's, I guess let's take it back to you. Um, where does your love for fashion and design and all this stuff come from? I feel like it's something that's always been with me just because, like, growing up, my mom would always put pressure on us to dress nice. Mm. So I feel like it just stems from that. And she was always into, like, nice clothing and stuff, so... Just growing up, I was always into clothes. But then, hmm, I would say around high school, I started um, collecting sneakers around freshman year, and that really like drove me into streetwear and things like that, because I started researching denim. And then from that, I started collecting, like I started collecting vintage snapbacks, and that brought okay. me to the vintage community. Yeah. And just thrifting and all that. And what year was this? This was all... I would say like 2006, 2007. Oh man! So yeah, when I started early, getting into clothes, like yeah. early. That's I think that's around the time when, um, kind of like the time that like the jerk movement was big. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So snapbacks were going crazy, yep. especially on the West Coast and the East Coast. I don't know, but on the West Coast, they were bringing all the starter joints back, all yeah. the uh, all those old school joints, especially like Tiger and Chris Brown. Yeah, all of them. I was all about thrifting the starter joints back then. I had this one Bulls starter wow. joint. It was my favorite. I feel like, you know, just getting into thrifting myself the last two to three years and now taking it more serious, it seems like pieces were easier to find back then and you can get it almost for a better price, but now everyone's hip to the game. Everyone knows, like, and they're overcharging for pieces. Oh, definitely. The thrift game is overly saturated. Yeah. Yeah, every time I walk into a Goodwill... I see lines out the door pretty much, mm-hmm. and everything's been picked through already. Yeah, it's like you have to either go early in the morning to compete with them old folks, yeah. or just kind of like know what days to go. But it's hard because like if they have the fifty percent off, like we were talking about, then you want to go on those those Mondays or those certain color tag days. But it's tough. It's tough now, man, because it's different, and everyone is going in for a different reason. Some people are going in just to find cool shit, and then you got those people who are going in to find shit that they're gonna flip. Yeah, it really is always a competition. I feel like when I step into a thrift store nowadays, I haven't, 
I've honestly haven't gone thrifting that much in a long time too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the game's crazy. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Is it now, since you used to thrift a lot, did you go back to like just buying from traditional stores or just had a lot of clothes from the hmm. time when you thrifted? Let me see. Recently, if I'm really searching for something, it's a specific piece nowadays, so I'll go looking through like eBay, whatever, until I find it. Yeah. So it's really, yeah. I've got like a preference nowadays. Back then, I would just thrift and find something that I think was cool. And I would mm. just keep in the stash. Like, oh, maybe I could sell this later. Or I'll wear it like, years down the road. Right. That's what yeah. you do when you find heat. It's like either or. It's like, yeah. I might wear it, get a wear out of it, get a fit. Or I might just sell it. You know? Exactly. Damn. So being that you had that upbringing from your moms and just kind of like having you guys dress well and grooming you guys good. You get into high school. You start getting into your personal collection and collecting and things like that. Where did the concept and love for design kind of come into play? So, let's see. In high school, I would always see other clothing brands around. And just seeing those brands, like from kids older than me, I've always just thought, like, I could put something out, too. Because, shit, I dress pretty well, so. Why not? As well, yeah, why not? Exactly. So... And Martin's something I've been working on for a long time, actually. Like, the first product I put out was probably in, I want to say, let me see. This was when I was 20. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm 28 right now. Okay. Damn. It was early on, huh? Yeah. Dang. Was it more so, like, T-shirt based? It was. It was just one T-shirt. And that one T-shirt, I made about 50 of them. And... When it comes to things, I'm a perfectionist. So I got the shirt, and I, I realized I didn't like it as much as I thought I did, so I mm. gave them all away. But then looking back at it, my first design is actually one of my favorite designs, to be honest. <laughs> it's like your first child almost. Yeah. You know, it's something it really that you is. actually you sat down and created. So, of course, to look back, it's pretty wild. Do you still have any? Yeah, I have maybe like two in my closet left. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You ever rock them? I personally, I don't wear my clothes that much. What? Yeah. Why not? Mm, it's just a preference thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I really don't know why. Like, I'll go out, and every time I'm out, I'll, if I'm out with friends, at least one of them will have one of my pieces on, so I just... It's almost like that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's enough for me. And I try to separate myself from the brand, so mm-hmm. it keeps you. it more anonymous. I feel it. I feel it. So in and then you know you made those first that first batch of shirts, didn't like it, scrapped it. Do you go back to the drawing board or do you say uh, maybe this isn't for me? I went back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how'd you how'd you come up with like the the pieces that are out now? Obviously, it's been some time in between, but it's been from now or from then and now it has been. A crazy process because I started uh, I started getting into cut and saw at one point mm. and pricey yeah it was really pricey and the dude who was making my patterns and my samples for me he lived in Connecticut so I was buying yards of fabric and shipping it out to Connecticut spending like $300 on shipping wow. and then however much to get the samples made and around that time this was a couple years ago like 2018-ish 
2017-ish. But um, when he finished all the samples and he sent them back to me, they got lost in the mail. And I didn't, there wasn't any insurance on the package, so mm. I just lost all of that. Like, all my fabric and all my samples. And eventually, after a couple months, I got maybe like four of the six samples back, but none of the fabric. So I just lost money on all that. So when that happened, I really had to step back and think, like, do I really want to do this? All I right. just lost hella money making these samples. Are you hot at this point? Are you, are you like, yo, what the fuck? Or is it more something of just, like, it's out of my hands, out of my control? It's, I'm, the, I'm more the type of person where it's, if it's out of my hands, then it really is out of my control. And okay. Yeah, I just let it slide I just try to reflect on it I was mad for a bit I'm not gonna lie just because I, would I imagine. lost all those samples and I really wanted them but they ended up at my doorstep after talking to the USPS for a long ass time going back and forth <laughs> emails having to send them photos of what the clothes look like yeah damn it's, I think people don't understand whenever you're doing something yourself and you don't have a bigger parent company or a big brother type of thing that's, that's feeding you or helping you, it's always difficult and strenuous because you have to go in your pockets, you have to call UPS, FedEx, whatever it is, and sit on the phone with them and plead. And, and being independent is so difficult. So, like, speak to that, you know what I'm saying, just from, like, you lost that money or lost some of that money and then now you're at a position to where you don't know if you want to continue. How do you continue? After a little bit of reflecting, I just thought to myself, damn, this really is what I want to do, so I'm just going to continue yeah. on with what I have to do. So that's why I just started dropping off or making the current product, which was just like a step back, wasn't cutting, so just screen printed t-shirts, embroidered hats and all that. Just, yeah, just so I can build my way back up mm -hmm. to something that's cutting so eventually and dropping more cash into Martin Aristotle and building my brand up. But first I just need to build a solid foundation. Right. Do you still outsource for your, uh, your manufacturing? Because I looked at the product and it looks, it looks super amazing and I'm just like, damn, this looks really cool. I don't know anyone who in Vegas who does this, but like, do you get it done in Vegas? Do you outsource it? All of it's uh, pretty much done in Vegas. That's like the tight. hats are embroidered locally. The shirts are, right now, they're hand screened, print, they're hand screened by me. Like nice. I print all of them. Nice. All the hoodies, all the shirts, that's all done by me. So. Nice, man. Nice. Did you learn something from, uh, or take away anything from you utilizing someone who's so far uh, that was like a different process, honestly. So the only thing I did learn was I'll probably keep operations closer to home. Mm. So I've been looking at manufacturers in L.A. now just okay. so I have to deal with the price of shipping because yeah. the fabric shipping was the biggest thing. I can't even imagine that. I know it had to be a tough one. Man. And, and you said earlier that you wanted to remain almost anonymous with the brand. Yeah. And stay low-key, kind of. Now, you've told me off-air, off, off air, but why so? Hmm. It's just a personal preference for me. I like to keep 
my personal identity and my brand separate. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like if you if you fuck with the clothes and you fuck with the clothes, it's not necessarily like just because you like me as a person, mm -hmm. then you feel obligated to like the clothes. Or if you don't like me, you know, people just have their right. opinions because oh, like I, I don't like that brand because I don't like the person that's running it. But, yeah, but I keep the it like lame, this. the lame yeah. stuff. Yeah, shit like that. No, I dig it. I dig it. It just it was interesting to me that you said that because you know we're in a time where founders, creators, creative directors, everyone is the forefront. Like you look at uh, Kim Jones with Dior and Ronnie at Kith, and like all these people who own these brands, they're almost like the faces of them. So it's it's interesting to see someone kind of do it the opposite, where it's like, yo, listen, I want you guys to like the product, I want you to like the brand, what it means, what it symbolizes, and I'm just gonna fall back. Yeah, yeah. It um, takes it. It's you're completely removing the ego. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like it just takes a lot of confidence in itself just to do that because I I just have confidence in the way that I carry myself, the way mm -hmm. I dress. I know I move in a genuine way, so whatever happens. It's all in, in faith, pretty much. I feel it. Who's some of your favorite current or past uh, designers? I look up to, honestly, really look up to Sean Stussy, Nigo, yeah. and Martin Margiela. Because Margiela is one of those dudes who, like, he had a crazy platform, but he himself always kept himself anonymous. Mm -hmm. Like, if you try to search on the internet, there's barely any photos of the man. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just something that I took into like consideration like how I want to move mm -hmm. do you like any of the uh, like the newer guys like the Joe Fresh Goods Joe Fresh Goods is pretty cool on the graphics I fuck, I fuck with this stuff yeah. yeah I like Joe because Joe's like completely independent and he just he runs his ship the way he wants to he's like alright if I want to collab with you I'll collab with yeah. you like if I don't I don't I'm not, I'm not going to cry about it and half the companies he works with have sued him or sent him a cease and desist. So it's, like, really interesting to see that. Yeah, it's crazy how that shit works now. Dang. So how, how's the brand been so far, like, right now? It's been doing, uh, I feel like it's been slowing down a bit, but only because I'm trying to take it to the next step. Mm -hmm. So I, I just dropped, um, like, a different colorway of my LSD hat, but what I'm really working towards is my cut and sew collection. Getting so, back to that cutting, so huh? exactly. I've just nice. been trying to save up for that. Find a factory in LA, if okay. I could. But with this whole COVID thing, it's been um, kind of hard. Yeah. yeah. Has that halted production for you, COVID and like, quarantine and everything? Uh, not for what I currently have in, like, not for my current product, but for everything else that I want to move on to, it has been affecting that. Mm. Like, because I've been trying to find a manufacturer so I can take it to the next level. But it's just been hard because I, I'd like to visit the factory itself and see. Yeah, hands-on yeah, approach. Exactly. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah, that was one of the things I, I definitely wanted to ask you about because you see people in this pandemic and you see people who have completely stopped and you see people who have kind of like made strides throughout and just kind of kept going and kept going and kept going. And... I think for an upcoming designer, it's important to keep going. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that you, you kind of weathered the storm to the best of your ability and you're still making sure that you, you push forward. Yeah. You're really excited for this cut and sew, huh? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get back into it for sure. Dang. I have fabric from like a few.
few years ago that I've been trying to turn into a product. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. I wanted to ask you about the LSD gear. I saw some of the, um, the hats and the stickers or the pins and the, uh, it's like, have a nice trip. Oh, yeah. 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 How do you currently feel about psychedelics and whatnot? I feel like the world is finally being, I feel like psychedelics are finally becoming mainstream. And mm -hmm. I don't take that as a negative thing. Actually, I'm all for it. Because I feel like everyone should experience psychedelics at one point in their life, honestly. Shit's life-changing. Yeah. So you think they really do open up the mind and the third eye? and If that's what you want. Mm. I feel like it's... It really is just all how you take the trip. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How, did you, uh, how did you happen to, to put that into the brand without it... Because when I looked at it, it doesn't look like drug-related or like you're pushing drugs on people. But being in the, in the industry of it... I know what it means, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how did you kind of mask it up, to say the least? Hmm. So first, when I was coming up with the design, I was honestly influenced by, I was just looking at MLB fittings, like Major League Baseball teams, mm -hmm. specifically like the White Sox and whatever the St. Louis team was. That was I, my biggest inspiration then. Okay. I've just always, I just thought like, yo, Acid is something, like, LSD is actually something that's really important, like, in my life, so let's, why not incorporate it into a design? And yeah. the way that I could make it look like it's just not crazy drug-related is to make it look, is to throw it on a fitted and make it look like it's a baseball team. So that's mm -hmm. why with my LSD fitteds, like, the back of it, you have the, um, the MLB logo flip to where instead of a dude holding a baseball with a red and blue background it's a bunch of stars with a red and blue background yeah and shit like that that's pretty dope yeah. and do you design everything or you have like a team of designers or? it's all me right now all you yeah even yeah. all the graphics and everything all the graphics and everything yep. damn man you next level thank you you're next level man and how did you come about with the uh the women are wonderful i mean it's easy because women are wonderful yeah. you know what i'm saying so just that's just what's, um, the, what's the backstory like that one doesn't really have a backstory that was just one when i was just fucking around with a bunch of different graphics and that was just happened to be one of the ones that stuck to me mm. like i'll always i just have a like a cache of designs like on my laptop that i yeah. just go through like i keep every design that i've ever made like from when i started this brand so i just go back and revise things and with that one i just um I don't know. It was something about it. I felt confident with it. So I decided to take a leap of faith and actually produce that one. And it actually has been one of the best sellers. So. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. I would think the LSD and Women Are Wonderful would be out of here. Would be out of here. Are you planning for any... Because the brand is so dope, man. I'm not going to even lie to you. It's so dope. And I'm a fan already just from seeing the little that I've seen. And now meeting you and you're such a cool dude, and you're so humble, I'm, I'm truly a fan. Do you have any plans for, like, pop-up shops or any uh, in-person experiences? Because I feel like that would just crush it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've had a couple in mind. Last month, I was supposed to do a pop-up shop over at Carrie Lynn's. Mm -hmm. um, that probably might still be in the works. I just have to be in contact with them. But the next one after that was going to be at... Actually, right down the street over here in the Arts District at Apartment E, 
studios. Yeah, dope yeah. over there. Yup. That's ran by my best friend and her younger sister. They're both family to me. Mm-hmm. And that was Shout just... Shout out to Roslyn, yeah. Yeah, Ariana yeah. Roz. Yeah, they're dope, Those man. Those are my girls. Yeah. So that's the next pop-up experience. I've just been... Um, I just need to work on getting a few more products up and then... Yeah. And just actually working on the actual set because when it comes to a pop-up, I want it to be an experience. Right. So there's a lot of things that I just have in mind for the actual... No, nah, I feel I can already tell where your mind is going because you're someone who who studies the game and who knows how to elevate things. Like you don't want to just do something to generically do oh, it. Oh yeah, definitely not. Damn man, what's what's next for you? Like, where do you see the brand going? Hmm. Amidst COVID, once we get past all this and can actually move freely. Damn, much. I would say. Next up for me, I, I really want to be stocked in Japan, like in Tokyo. That's just my next goal. Okay. Like before I'm even stocked anywhere in the States, I'd rather be overseas first. Gotcha. And it's crazy because I've been actually getting a lot of local love and I don't advertise myself as a Vegas brand, but it's nice to see like more people locally starting to get hit, hip to it and just buying things. Mm-hmm. I always appreciate the local love, but the goal for me is to go global. Okay. Yeah. That overseas domestic. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel it. Okay, you said Japan? Yep. No, I can see uh I can see Japan for sure. I see Australia. I see London going crazy for your stuff. Yeah, and that international love is completely different. Hell because yeah. they will line up and buy everything out. It really is crazy out there. It's almost as if they appreciate the fashion more. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. What about New York? I know it's not international, but it's a oh, big yeah, market. Yeah, of course. New York's a big market. Yeah. Especially for, uh, I hate to say streetwear, but streetwear slash, you know, upcoming yep, brands, exactly. whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. super dope for it. Damn, man. This is tight, man. It's really dope meeting you and, like, and hearing your theory and all this stuff because sometimes you see these brands online and you just you never know who runs it. You never know what their mission is. You just get the clothes, which is dope because that's what they want. But to go inside the mind and actually understand, you know, the struggles and long comings and everything like that is really, really cool. It's really, what would you tell any young designers out there? Hmm. I would just tell them to take that leap of faith, honestly, mm-hmm. and just put that product out and just keep on going for it. Like, yeah. even if you don't, if you feel like you're not getting any traction, just keep putting product out. Because, honestly, consistency is a major part of it, too. Like, even if you feel like you're not progressing, just keep putting shit out. Someone out there is going to notice. That's true. Do you think it's hard when you don't have a large support system? It is definitely tougher when you don't have a large support system. But that's just, um, honestly, another roadblock. Like yeah. Something you can get through. I feel it. Yeah. I feel it, man. So, obviously, we can't tell the people where to find you, but where can they find the brand if they're looking for it? If they want to shop for the brand... They do. Yep. They want to shop for it. They want it. Then you go straight to the website, martin-aristotle.com. You can check out what the product looks like on Instagram, at martin-aristotle. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. There we go. That's it. Timmy, my man, I appreciate you so much, man. Yes, sir. Yes. Martin Aristotle is the newest, hottest, upcoming brand, and it's already here. It's already making noise, making waves. 
and hopefully we get the pop-up experience soon. I'm going to be on you about that because uh, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, you got to swing by for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, you know I'm there, uh, man. Yeah. So I appreciate you and uh, shit, until I see you again. Yes, sir. Thank you.